that's absolutely ridiculous, you know, because you've essentially established a class of human being in this country again, where mm-hmm. now you have, if you get elected to office, you become magic, you know, magic person. Right. right? For life. Right. <laughs> that's, that makes no sense. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Good Guys Getting Better. I'm Christian Hanley. I'm Aline Boatwright. And I'm John Borden. All right, well, we got to hurry up today because uh, John's got more important plans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but also, yes. <laughs> but also, yes. Yeah. All right, we've we got to get right into it because this has been, I mean, I, I hate when people say it's been a crazy news week because it's like we, ever since, what, 2015? It's just been a crazy decade. There's no, what week hasn't been crazy? But um, I sent you guys that really important um short video i don't know if you saw the whole thing but it was just a, a quick like less than 10 minute clip from tim miller of the bulwark podcast uh who put out a, a a quick reaction to just this insane thing that donald trump put on his own social media website i love that the guys at the bulwark call it a bleat like a like a sheep bleeding instead of a truth it's a bleat um but in, in this this thing he, he writes this screed about how uh, it, and this is relates to all of the court cases he, he's embroiled in right now. But basically, he thinks that he should have, as a former president, which is not a thing in the United States. Once you're out of out of office, you're just a citizen. Thinks that he should get a lifelong total immunity from prosecution, civil liability, and everything. Um, so I didn't know. You know, you guys go ahead and jump in. I, I know John, you and I are going to have like a legal <laughs> side to this thing as well as the political. But like, go ahead, jump in. So maybe I should jump in first with my my layman's uh, babble. <laughs> but no, I just I just think obviously uh, the absurdity of that notion on its face, you know, without any knowledge of the Constitution or anything like that, it just yeah. that's absolutely ridiculous, you know, because you've essentially established a class of human being in this country again, where mm-hmm. now you have if you get elected to office, you become magic, you know, magic person, right? right? For life. Right. <laughs> that makes no sense, obviously. Which is insane because, like, it's not even like a, a, you have to go to law school to know this. Like, you would learn, I mean, if we still taught civics in this country, like, kids used to grow up. I mean, we grew up learning in civics class. Like, it is the office, not the person. The mm-hmm. person fulfills the, you know, is in the office, whether it's president, governor, whatever, for a term. And once you're out, you're you. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, you know, contrary to some of the, the schools of thought, I think it's still even absurd to even have uh, 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 the the officer that is the president being immune from certain criminal and 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 even civil uh, prosecution yeah. because that create creates a conundrum that you can't you know that that would cause a lot of other people grief. It's like if you if you if you have immunity in any kind of broad sweeping uh, uh, ideology or whatever, then right. you're going to create a situation where people have license to do things that are, are crazy. And, and, and unfortunately, we, we, maybe the founders did not uh, anticipate having a crazy person as president, but that's what we've, we've wound up with, is that uh, because of how our, our politics have evolved, anyone can get elected president, right? Because it, based on how a group of people see them and, and, and mm-hmm. the, 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 if they can get enough people to vote for them, it's just that simple. So. Um, yeah, so I just think it's 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 absurd, but I, I'll I'll let you guys delve into the the, the legalities of this. So I, I don't I even want to talk about the legality of it. I'm more interested in how it shifts society, like our society specifically. Mm-hmm. I do think the framers did foresee a scenario like this. Mm-hmm. They you know, did. So you, yeah, you've, you've got the Constitution 
but you also have what people talk about frequently next to the constitution and that's the guardrails, right? You know, so there's a level of information that informs why we do what it mm -hmm. is, what, why we do what it is that we do. Mm -hmm. I think for Donald Trump, he is not just presenting a class of person, mm -hmm. as you said, a magic class of person, but he is doing the exact opposite of what the, or he's attempting to do exactly the opposite of what the framers intended. And that is to have uh, a monarch that is, or a Lord that is completely immune from any kind of retribution. I think it's mm -hmm. actually interesting in a very informal way. He is acting like that already. And that's everything mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. levying taxes on his supporters to <laughs> his legal bills. Uh, to, it's a good way of thinking of it, yeah. You no, know, seriously, to using yeah. the office to enrich his children, to set up, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I mentioned in our in our in our prep chat was even kind of like this purity test. Wait, well, you can't tell yeah. people we have a prep prep chat. This is all. We know this, like just you know, top of yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but uh, you know, my my concern, you know, with this is that he's really kind of setting up this framework in which he is a person that doesn't have to be accountable for what he says, doesn't have to be accountable right. for what he does, doesn't have to be accountable to the people that he hurts, doesn't have to be accountable to the money that he takes for whatever reason that he says. Mm -hmm. uh, that to me feels like someone that's a king. And you yep. just yeah. create a world in which you are always right and are always a victim. You know, and you've got carte mm -hmm. blanche to act any way that you feel like acting. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, you know, that that's the concern with him. So this idea of immunity is actually pretty consistent with his pathology. Mm -hmm. Like this, to me, this isn't this isn't even new, but I think it's worth talking about because regardless of how you feel about him politically, this is not the way that America works. At all. And it shouldn't right. be the way that America right. works. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's the bottom <clears throat> line. And for what it's worth, the same would apply if this was Joe Biden. The same would apply if mm -hmm. this was your... Democrat, Democratic or uh, independent candidate, right? Like mm -hmm. this at its core is antithetical to our norms. It's antithetical to right. our constitution. And it is a, a, a reckless and negligent disregarding of the norms that support both. No, absolutely. But that's, I mean, that's sort of the big difference between Trump supporters. And I don't want to say Democrats or liberals, or, I mean, between Trump supporters and literally everybody else is that they're all in whatever this guy does, he can do no wrong. And whatever he says is the absolute truth. And there's actually there's a guy who I, I can't think of his name. I'm sorry to, to say I can't give him credit. But um, he's a either a YouTuber or a TikToker, but he does an entire thing about that. Like we're not the same. Like we're not the you know two sides of the same coin. Um, and he does the whole thing of like I, I forget what the example was. It might have been the Jeffrey Epstein case or something else that's been in the news recently. But he does this thing where it's like you know basically you know Trump is being prosecuted and also being involved in all these civil cases, and people are rightly happy that he's finally maybe maybe being held to account. And then he plays this other character where it's like the Trump supporter, like yeah, well, what if you know we go and prosecute. Bill Clinton, because he might have done this with Juanita Broderick, or he might have assaulted her, or he might have gone on Epstein's plane. And then he goes back to his other character, and it's like, okay, then investigate that. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not like we don't go and worship at an altar for <laughs> Joe Biden or or Barack Obama or Bill Clinton. Like, if there's a crime to investigate, have at it. 
<laughs> like, this is not it's not two sides of the same coin here. And, and that's always kills me, that argument where it's basically, um, well, you know, you know, this is OK because it was OK for somebody else or, or this is right. OK because they do it, too. It's like that's not an argument. Like, why no, it's not. Understand that? It's no. Like, well, you no. know, uh, I, 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 it's, it's 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 the absurdity of it. You well, know? it's childish, too. Right. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, what it's what yeah. your kid would do if they got busted doing yeah. something. Well, somebody else did it. And if they did it, right. they did it, they should be right. for it. Like, yeah. right. I learned a long time ago in a very, very tense interaction with a family member is that people mm. are often looking out for the thing that they, they are looking out for the thing in other people that they do themselves. Mm. You know, so yes. In other words, just because I lie or i steal or i cheat mm-hmm. i just have to mm-hmm. assume that everyone else acts the way that i do but there is there's a there is a self-centeredness mm-hmm. like an inherent yeah. self-centeredness in that everyone mm-hmm. is like me but there's mm-hmm. also a fear i think in that yeah because you know i because i am this because i am that uh, everyone has to be about that because i can't be the only person that does this yeah and yeah. And, and, and maybe right. you're maybe you're not it's likely that you're not but just because you're selfish and greedy doesn't mean everyone else is inherently the same. Exactly. You know, no, I think like, I think that that would apply to I think that would apply to the Trump supporters and certainly to the enablers, whether it's his, his attorneys, um, any of his his political lackeys that were in different phases of his his White House. I know the turnover was like every 60 days. But, <laughs> you know, um, and I, I, I give a lot of credit to this uh, for this argument to um, former Republican lawyer George Conway, who to his credit has has gone on several different news news programs recently and and basically shut down all this sort of explanation rationalization trying to find the strategy and what Trump is doing whether it's his communication his legal there isn't one like yes for the supporters they're trying to find that false equivalency because what they're engaged in is the practice of rationalizing right they're trying to rationalize his behavior and say well he does it because you guys do it over here and it's they no with Trump he's such a malignant narcissist and a sociopath that other people don't actually exist like everybody else in the world around him is a two-dimensional character they're just they're bad backgrounds. They're extras in the movie of his life. He doesn't actually under, I mean, it's the reason why he doesn't have empathy. It's the reason why he doesn't care what he does to other people. It's the reason why he says disgusting things is because as far as he's concerned, everyone else is just an automaton. They're not a person. You know, like, look, I I wonder, and I, I believe it's his cousin that talked a lot about his relationship with his dad and his dad's relationship. His with niece, Mary. Yeah. His, his niece. niece. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like there's an element of me that wonders if he is like, I, I am so hurt in some way that, you know, I need everyone to be as hurt as me. I need everyone to experience what I'm experiencing at all mm-hmm. times in support of me. The key difference is that he's wealthier than most people. Right. You know, right. like he's not. Well, I mean, and, and I mean, I don't know if you've, you've caught her podcast or, lis- or, or, you know, listened to her audiobook or read her the original book, or I forget what I did. I think I might've listened to it. Um, but yeah, she talks about that, that, I mean, his father basically pitted the children against one another, um, didn't show love to anyone. Uh, they were always fighting for love as a finite resource from the time they were small children. And in Donald's case, he goes and, and just does a lot of the same stuff, stabbing everybody in the back and hurting everyone and just spreading that hurt. And then meanwhile, her, I think it was her father, his, his brother, um, did the opposite, turned it inward on himself and drank himself to death by his early forties. 
But it's you know, yeah, it, it definitely goes that deep. Certainly, there was definitely a, there was a there was an article that I read a couple of years ago about I think her book, and I think there's mm -hmm. an excerpt in her book, and it, she's talking about the Oval Office, and there was one mm -hmm. picture of the Oval Office, one picture in the Oval Office, and it was of his dad, you know, like not his siblings, mm -hmm. not his mom, of his dad, and That's the so writer weird. of the article. <laughs> They were saying, you know, or I think, you know, his niece was saying it was almost like having dad over his shoulder to, you mm -hmm. know, just ask if his dad approves, like if he's got the approval of his dad. And like, Who I'm not it? here yeah. to psychoanalyze, you know, Who Donald Trump. Like, I'm not a oh. therapist, you know, like. Oh, that was Trump that had that. Opinion. Yeah, Trump. Oh, Trump okay, had yeah. Just a, a picture of his dad, not his yeah. mom. I think his siblings. I mean, maybe he had, you know, another picture. Maybe he had a picture of Melania. Um but his dad who had some very notable uh notable history in his uh past uh racial race relations wise but that's a whole another mm -hmm. conversation well you know i think no i mean i don't think it is honestly <laughs> I, I, I i i don't think it is i think it's it's still it's the same i yeah. mean it's it's sort of a subset of the larger picture of mm -hmm. of harming other people mm -hmm. it's it's still okay. it's still in that same vein yeah yeah well you know it's funny for for our listeners because i've thought a lot about this over the years basically the time frame christian that you laid out mm -hmm. i think when donald trump was elected i had to make a really really conscious decision to not consume a whole lot of news or coverage about him one because i don't mm -hmm. want to add fuel to the fire but two yeah. it is so easy to go into the rabbit hole and you know just think every day about what he's doing and mm -hmm. that's one that's what he wants but two like it's not adding a mm -hmm. single thing to my life and even more importantly it'll definitely lead you to have bad habits you know mm -hmm. because you know i was reading something earlier today about uh i think it's it's either in the post or the times you know but the way that politics operates these days it's purely oppositional you know mm -hmm. like it's not a debate it's not intellectual yeah. it's not academic it's purely right. tribal and mm -hmm. that isn't like, that's not like a wildly, um, it's not like, you know, a wildly revelatory thing. It's not like it's a novel idea. But I think what the article was saying is that we've gotten to the point where it's so nakedly oppositional. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're in politics. It is more, the, the growing sentiment is that I define myself as a X party right. by opposing right. Y party. And right. It was the fact that you can't you can't separate the person from the identity anymore. Exactly. Their, their politics isn't right. Their politics isn't a set of beliefs that are, you know, based upon certain experiences, preconceived notions, things, whatever, but that are somewhat malleable and change depending on the circumstances and time. It's like, no, I am this team, this color, whatever you are not. Therefore, I hate you. It's It's as simple as a football game. Yeah. Years ago, my one of my best friends whom Christian, you have met, Aleem, I don't think you met him, but one of my mm -hmm. best friends, James Logan, when it was time for me to decide, I had to, I was thinking about pledging a fraternity and I had to register to vote. And mm -hmm. I was too young to vote in the previous presidential election, which was George Bush's first, um, mm -hmm. but it was, you know, coming up for the 2004 election. So, you know, I reached out to him, I'm like, you know, what do you think? And he's like, yo, man, I think you should consider being an independent. I was like, I respect you. You're really smart. That sounds cool. I'm going to do it. What I've discovered in my life as an independent is I love the freedom of not having to 
align with an ideology. It's not, you know, hook, line, and sinker, just take everything in, you know, because yeah. this, you know, then I've got to vote this way. And the reality is, it's so much more nuanced than just being, you know, a Democrat, you know, a Republican. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, I, you know, I've read, you know, some people were independent in the business community in the 80s because nobody wanted to be a Democrat in big business circles in the Reagan right. era. Yeah. Right. Like you didn't want yeah, to do yeah. that. Like you were just hiding. And then maybe vice versa, you know, maybe the closest analogy is maybe the Obama era, you know, or even now the Trump era. Like you know, you're really careful of identifying as Republican. And like, that's silly. Well, I mean, a lot. No, it's not. A lot of prominent Republicans have already been not just recently, but over the course of the past at this point, seven years have already renounced their party. I mean, people who are forget like rank and file. I mean, like Republican lawyers, Republican operatives. I mean, that's I wouldn't say in that case, it's silly, because in that case, it really is about something that is bigger than the party. It's the fact that that party has now the the party. Basically, let's clear one thing up. Like if we're talking about parties as labels. That's one thing. But if you're talking about parties as actual structures and entities that have governing bodies that have mm-hmm. um, bank accounts and funding mechanisms and fundraising mechanisms and ways of um, um, you know, nominating and spending on on different candidates, the Republican Party doesn't really exist anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So Donald Trump's campaign is its own operation mm-hmm. that is separate from the Republican National Committee. <clears throat> A lot of local and uh, Republican state and local um, parties are basically bankrupt or broke. And a lot of the funding for other candidates is all from third parties through PACs and different dark money groups. And so, like, at this point, to renounce the Republican Party, if you are were and have always been a member, at this point, is really just rejecting that label. The party itself has already been gone for several years. Sure, sure. No, I, the irony, uh, John, that 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 uh, with what you were saying is that I had the same um... – uh, decision, if you will, uh, when I when I re- was registering to vote, and, and being a couple years older than you, I actually did have the opportunity to vote in that first uh, election, uh, and 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 I, I struggled with you know for the same reasons that you just described. I didn't want to align myself with an organization or a party that I didn't entirely uh, agree with. That being said, I did vote Democrat, uh, but I was like, I, I just can't do that. But the irony, funny thing is that. For the same reason, I, I I was making the decision not to pledge a fraternity either. <laughs> you know, for the exact same reason, I was like, I can't I can't align myself and call myself mm-hmm. a member of these organizations if I was so you know lucky to cross over, and knowing good and well that they do things that I don't agree with, and that you know, and I'm mm-hmm. going to call myself one of them for what? It's not necessary. So so, but at the same time, I had to learn and evolve and, and understand a little bit more the political process and and understand. The power that you wield, and this is an interesting uh, topic because this is something that else, something else that came to my mind when I watched a um, a, uh, a, a somebody's Instagram post. Um, I forget the, the 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 woman's name, but anyway, but basically she was talking about how you know uh, uh, Vice President Harris was giving a, a presentation. I think she was on um, the View, it may have been the View or mm-hmm. some one of the other shows. I'm not sure. Uh, it wasn't the View, but she basically uh, presented. Um, uh, they asked her. You know, why are you out? Of, you know, why are why are you having difficulty with the 18 to, to, to 35 year old uh, um, um, uh, electorate? And, and 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 it's like, well, you are usually connect with them and so forth and so on. And she couldn't really she was having trouble articulating mm-hmm. how they were going to get those people back and what how they were going to to, uh, to address them. And the, the, the poster was basically pointing out how inept that she looked in this conversation and, and how out of touch, despite the person supposed to be in touch, 
despite how out of touch she seemed with that the the, the demographic that that was being discussed, and 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 she just laid into her in, into Kamala Harris. And I mean, you know, I've never been I wasn't a, not a huge fan of Kamala, Kamala Harris, um, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, I know that you know her her election was historic for one, and for two, she's a very competent and capable person, you know, and 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 politician. That being said, I don't necessarily like how she presents herself a lot of times. I don't like the position she takes a lot of times and all that. But my issue with that was that she locked in to this notion of the Democrats not getting that electorate, right? And and she and, and she has a voice amongst the, the, the demographic that she was talking about. So I was like, man, how damaging this post is, you know? So because it's 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 like when she could be spending time on showing how yes, th- you might not agree with how she how Kamala Harris is, is is presenting herself in this argument, but the alternative is so much worse, and it's not it's not you know it's like you're missing opportunities. You you I I guess my point is that you she should never have been talking about this particular issue without at the same time juxtaposing by the way, the alternative is worse. But, and and mm-hmm. I felt like she missed that. So the point is that a lot of people are making this decision of casting aside their party affiliations. I mean, people are doing that constantly. More people are, the independent party is becoming uh, bigger and bigger. And, but people are losing track of the strategy with actually having a party affiliation. So, you know, understanding that, yes, you don't want to align yourself unnecessarily, but at the same time, you've not, you've got to know who to vote for. you got to know Bernie Sanders is independent, but he votes Democrat. You know, right. Angus King right. is saying, you know, you got to right. understand that, right? And why, you know, so um, long. But the thing is, though, like to, to that point, though, is that there's a, there's a very big difference between governing and communicating, right? Mm-hmm. So like when you look at Biden's track record, People forget, or forget, they don't forget, they don't even know how much he's accomplished in just a few short years, especially considering the fact that, like, let's be real, four years ago, I mean, Trump was trying to use the Ronald Reagan line um, mm-hmm. in the past couple of weeks in, I think it was New Hampshire, like, are you better off now than you were four years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's <laughs> toilet paper on the shelves in the grocery store. Absolutely. We have not lost a million Americans to a totally, not preventable, but a, a treatable yeah. illness. Mm-hmm. Um I, there's not food shortages. Chicken wings aren't $40 for a family pet. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm not even talking like highbrow policy. I'm talking like basic stuff. Is there toilet paper and chicken wings? Yes. I'm better off than four years ago. Like stuff like that. It's, it's very different. So that's a huge, and that's going to be a problem throughout the entire, through the general election too, is that we're, we're talking about like, Hey, these guys aren't perfect. Like she's not the best, you know, you know, getting in touch with this demographic and you know the president is elderly and yet okay but then you look at the alternative and it's like they're not they're not communicating that point clearly enough i think there's also my take is different so Hmm. so much of politics is framing your position in the negative you know so Hmm. yes you need to distinguish yourself from your competition like i think that's Mm -hmm. important i think it's also important to Talk about your track record. And I think there, I mean, there's some outlets right now, like Midas Touch. All they do is talk mm-hmm. about like uh, Joe Biden's, you know, accomplishments. And some of them are there, you know, and I think there's a growing, um, I know consumer confidence is up. There's so many different factors that point to, mm-hmm. yes, you know, forget some of, you know, the extreme and the obvious, the, the, the economy is doing better. The economy is growing. Mm-hmm. It's growing at a rate faster than what we thought. Um, structurally, the country's in a much better place. We talked about this a couple of months ago. 
with Joe Biden and Gaza and Israel. Mm -hmm. My concern then, as it is now, is that he lost a ton of the moral high ground because he blindly followed Israel into a war knowing the position that Benjamin Netanyahu and his government has taken on uh, the Palestinians. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the folks that are coming of age to vote. Yeah. They have, they have thought so much about getting towards what's the right thing. You know, like they have access to information in a way that didn't exist when we were 18 years old. I mean, it's not like the internet wasn't around, but it isn't what it is now. Yeah. Right. So, and there's constant- well, and the problem is there too. And I don't mean to interrupt here, but this is because I this will come up in the comments if I don't say this. But like the problem is that then when those young people, it's not just young people, the two big groups, and they do overlap substantially that that have have voiced that concern in this country have been young people and people of color, people who see that when brown children overseas are slaughtered or maimed, there is not nearly the outcry as when a much smaller number of other children, white children, are hurt in, in any, not just on October 7th of last year, but in any any instance whatsoever. Mm. Um, and and so the, those groups are are key to the Demo- the democratic coalition and key to getting to getting Biden reelected and the reaction has been whether it's from people in the news media the anchors of major tv shows watched by tons of people um the um the Biden administration um congressional leaders a- across the board has been these are stupid kids they don't understand it yet mm-hmm. they get their information from tiktok and it's not information it's just propaganda i'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing but those words in a lot of cases have been used and it's like okay great they're not children anymore. You need them to register to vote because Tufts has put out a study on how many more Americans, especially diverse Americans, non-white Americans um, across the South, especially in the Southwest, how many are going to be able to vote for the first time in this next presidential election. And it is more than enough to make it or break it for Biden versus an authoritarian second term for Trump. Like, look, here's there. There are a few things. And I think you're right, too. There's a few things that are easy, easy benchmarks for mm-hmm. Biden and the Democrats to think about. Um, there are a score of kids that were present in mass shootings uh, mm-hmm. from, I forget when Sandy Hook was, um, but let's just say back from Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook up to now, yep. people that are voting, you know, like mm-hmm. the, there's been so much energy put into uh creating the narrative where these this is not correct and making it clear for everyone people believe it including me like to me Mm -hmm. it's obvious um and it's almost like you know folks have forgotten that you know we've been just storing up this cachet of of morality to build to moments like this when you need to tap in you know the moral arc you know the virtuous Mm -hmm. arc virtuous moral arc bends towards the democrats i'm not saying that they're perfect but and and the 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 bad the troubling thing is that they always have to be right too you know like you can't have yeah. a misstep where you've got ukraine and you've got gaza in the same breath with two completely different outcomes you know right. like i think kids these days are seeing it the same and not just kids mm-hmm. you know like it it's easy i mean i'm 41 now um yeah people that are 30 35 years old these are full blown adults these are people yeah. with jobs. These are people with kids. These are people with all the responsibilities and that they, they need the security of the future, right? So it's not, mm-hmm. you know, 1835 is just such a wild gap of people, yeah. you know, but 
you know, let's just say that, you know, your 30 year old, you know, who's educated, got a job, got kids, uh, but is also grown up in the world where it's like, we're trying to get better. You know, like Barack Obama, yeah. it's almost wild, but he was president. He was, he was, he was elected president 15 years ago or almost 16 years ago now. Yeah. yeah. You, just, you just think yeah. about that for a second. Like, it yeah. seems like it was mm-hmm. just, just yesterday, but you know, for a kid that was four years old when Barack Obama yeah. was elected, you know, like it's, you know, they're, they're sophomores in college. Like this is their world. Mm-hmm. This is my, I was talking to my uncle recently. He's like, this is what they knew, you know, from the right. time that they can remember until the time they were in middle school, all they knew was a black president. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the, that's the blessing and the curse though, is that that's, that's what, that's really what happens is that your political identity, we're talking about labels and party affiliation a minute ago, your political identity really is formed by what's going on in the world when you come of age. Yeah. My, my, I completely can see the fact that my political identity is, is in large part formed around Bush. And the fact that even before Donald Trump, who's a you know a million times worse in terms of the lawlessness, you had this this sort of imperial presidency that thought it was above the law, that thought that it could lie to Congress, lie to the UN, lie to the people, and do whatever the fuck it wanted, um, and killed hundreds of thousands of people. And then now, because that same party has de- has has eroded and degraded even more into full bore authoritarianism and lunacy. We now have these rose-colored glasses about what happened just 20 years ago. But if you were a young person around then, I mean, I remember being out of this country on a scholarship studying and having people yell at me like, we don't fucking want you here. Fuck you. Mm. Because of what was going on in the Middle East, because of that presidency, because of Bush. So that's where those things form. But to your point, John, if all they knew was was the Obama presidency to the present, I mean, what the three of us have seen in our lifetimes of American leadership hasn't been good. I mean, we've had, we've had Biden and we've had Obama, (laughs) but otherwise we've gone from Ronald Reagan to Donald Trump. That's a, that is a, to, to, to borrow a term, that is a deplorable record in terms of leadership, in terms of morality, in terms of a lot of things. So for kids now where all they really knew really is Trump. And then we want to make the argument to them. No, 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 we're not the same. Like Biden's a clear, has the clear moral high ground and they're seeing what's going on right now. Yeah. If that's their snapshot entering adulthood, if that's what's going to form their opinions, like don't talk down to them. That, that's, a, that's a good point, Christian. I, I, don't, I hadn't really thought about it in that context, but you know, even their concept of leadership and the presidency in general is that, yeah. you know, well, Obama was president and so was Donald Trump. So the president, mm-hmm. it, it, it's almost like that's normalized uh, Donald Trump as being president. And, it, it, and yeah. to, to people with broader context, it's like, wow, like even, even with Reagan and, and, and Bush too context, it's like, Donald Trump is not normal. This is not normal. Like, right. No, and, and, right, right. And uh, there's there are a lot of people who either are younger or who have just gotten interested in politics, possibly partly because of Obama. You know, yeah. Yes. So 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 yeah. Obama got a lot of people involved in the political process who had never been involved in it. And then the next thing they see after him is this insane uh, uh anomaly, right? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, and th- that gets normalized. So, right. you know. You know, I, I, you know, just going back a, a little bit to something we were, you, you were talking about, John, about the, um, uh, the, the, the how we latched on to to Netanyahu's uh, um, uh, uh, message, if you will, and and supported him um, uh, so strongly. I was thinking a lot about that and how that could have gone any any different because obviously the reason is is that you know the Democratic Party did not want to alienate. Uh, is Israel and and the Jewish community in this country in general. So they didn't want that first of all. 
Um, and but at the same time, they recognize that all right, well, there is a there is a large part of the constituency that is is very defensive about protecting the the, uh, the Palestinians. Um, so what are they going to do? You know, and so I was like, I, I, I'm thinking the only way out of it is like Christian said, going back to what Christian said, is communication, right? We couldn't withhold all money from Israel, right? Because we had to support them in some way in the initial onset of this. But at the same time, our rhetoric could have been so different, right? We could have said very strongly that, hey, this is not a blank check to go kill Palestinians, right? And we will not accept that. You know, we we recognize the the, the suffering and the pain and, and, and what, what happened, what just happened to you on October 7th, but that does not change the fact that these are human beings with rights and need to be protected. We, we didn't, we didn't do children that. in many yeah, cases. Children. Children. Exactly. And yeah. we didn't do that. We just went all out and said, we, we support Israel and, and Hamas got to go, you know, it's like, all right, but that's Hamas is not the only group that's in, in Gaza. Right. Well, so, I mean, and that's the thing is like it, that, like it's like the partisanship turned to tribalism going mm-hmm. on to the larger geopolitical state, geopolitical, excuse me, stage as well. It's like, it is team a and team B. Mm. Like there, there's no, there's no subtlety. There's no nuance. There's no complexity. It's just, oh well. I mean, you know, this guy struck our guy. We're in a stamp. Like it, mm. it, it's, it's maddening. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think the Israel has been, as we've talked about before, at least as I've talked about before. I understand why Joe Biden so stridently stands by Israel. He is older mm-hmm. than the state of Israel. He knows why it exists. Let's not let's not harp on that though. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I mean, he yes. I mean that 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 you know stats are fun. It's I mean, not a great, yes, not a great, not a great talking point for the election. <laughs> but my, my point is, I can understand. I can I can understand and appreciate the nuance of his position. Mm-hmm. With yeah. that said. I think Israel for a long time has been the Achilles heel of the Democratic Party, you know, certainly in my mm. lifetime, uh, because what is the current Israeli government is doing is not anything that is is new. It's maybe a more extreme form of what's been happening, but they've been building for, to this for a long time and people have been talking about it for a long time. And with the way that the world has shifted, certainly from the perspective of human rights and awareness about what we do here and how it impacts people in other parts of the world and you pick your part of the world um Mm -hmm. so now when you've got all the cameras on you and you've got to dust off that moral playbook well Mm -hmm. you know support of a government like the current manifestation of the israeli government doesn't make sense it doesn't compute in the same way that you'd have to ask yourself you know how could you know governments support the United States government when we were all about slavery and countries mm-hmm. were getting rid of it left and right. You know, like it is the, it's the complexity and the nuance of statehood. So Aleem, to your point, maybe it is a conversation. Uh, maybe it is how we communicate, you know, and it's also okay to break ties. You know, like we've been sending so much money to a variety of different places. And I think if we're really going to take a step forward, what I'd love to hear a politician say is that just be honest, say like, look, you know, this is why this particular place has been part of how, what it is that we do. And if it's, you know, if if Israel is a part of helping to secure the United States, okay, if it's a security thing, say it. You know, if it, if there's a virtue thing, if there's a morality thing, say it. But don't just leave but, it up to guess. Don't just leave it up to Well, chance. and that's the thing, it's, though. It, 
we're we're yeah. all just we're wondering what it is now. When con- to, I'm sorry to cut you off, Christian, but to bring it no, all no, no, I was going to you off. Harris, <laughs> you know, yeah. if she can't answer it, that's problematic because people are looking for guidance. You know, you look to your mm-hmm. leaders to not just be the governing compass, but to be the moral compass as well. And yeah. you know, that doesn't necessarily have to be a religious thing. You know, but if we agree to a certain set of rules and values, which are clear because we have laws, yeah. then how does this comport with this? Like, these are the things that inform our laws. Like, we believe that no one has the right or the privilege to unprovoked kill another person. Like, we right. determine that that is something that is a part of how we identify as a society. But there are things that inform that. Well, naturally, mm-hmm. that evolves. I would love to hear our politicians at least say it. You don't have to be angry. You can be contemplative. You can change direction. I know it. there is always a money impact and politics is more than just governance. But with that said, for someone like Kamala Harris, where the stakes are relatively low, you know, like mm-hmm. she is not an elected official per se. You know, like well, she, she is. Has, <laughs> yeah. Per se. She is. Per se. <laughs> um, but, well, yeah, she is. But, um, <laughs> she is. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. I, I, I hope our viewers understand the nuance. Alluding to, but well, <laughs> but, but these are that's, that's, the, that's the that's the dinner digesting talking. But yeah. It is nuanced yeah. though because you you have to you couldn't elect a vice president without the the, the presidential nominee having right like someone leads the ticket. Gets. So it right it's a, it's a little right. bit different, right? Um, but still, you know, like it's relatively low stakes. You know, like you can you can make this claim and say, like, look, I think this is where the moral arc. She has the freedom to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't think she's going to be a radical departure from the president. But mm-hmm. you can do it in the same way that uh, Mike did it with Obama. Of moral clarity for Donald, the best that you could possibly do it. Right. You know, but he would that was his role. Like it was relatively low stakes. Yeah. But it's also the reason, you know, now that, you know, because, you know, he didn't do a good job of it. Now it's difficult for him to say, yeah, well, Donald Trump is X, Y, and Z. But anyway. Yeah, but I mean, to your, to, your, to your point, though, about making that distinction, though, just to take it back a half a beat here, like the thing the thing is, there's been reporting in just the past two weeks, one week even of of personally Joe Biden really just at his wits end with Benjamin Netanyahu and his government. Just like there's there's been yeah. little bits in the news here and there about how how much he's just like losing his patience. And I'm like, great, like, like, go with that. Make that public. Don't have that be like little tidbits in the media, like speak on that publicly, because right now it is costing him. Like it's gone from something where you first brought it up on this pod, John, before it became like a really mainstream thing, before it was on several other pods, before it was on like broadcasting cable news about this could be a really like an electoral problem. And I'm like, I don't know. Let's see. Well, we're there now. Like this is now a thing. And you called it. I'll give you credit. You called it. And the problem is, is that and actually a friend of mine brought this up to me uh, offline a while back is that especially if you're young and I don't mean just like, you know, an 18 year old, if you're like under 40 or even 40 something, Benjamin Netanyahu, whether it's this government he's currently formed with a, a horrible extreme right wing coalition of, of different factions or any of the previous iterations, he's been there off and on for more than 20 years. 20 years. Oh, yeah. So all we've really seen is this guy. And the problem is that, you know, it's it's horrible, but he had his eyes on expansionism well before this terrorist attack. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And then he totally screwed up the response to the attack after he was almost ousted from power because of his 
ploy to give himself more power by attacking mm -hmm. that country's judiciary system. The terrorist attack happens, and now he's going full bore. Let's just bomb the shit out of them like George Bush style. <laughs> Biden, what, what Biden could do is say, we stand by Israel and uh, as a de democratic partner in the Middle East that is valuable to our security. It's mutual. They help us with intelligence, yada, yada, yada. We stand against anti-Semitism here in the United States and abhor any action that attempts to put the actions of the the Benjamin Netanyahu's government at the feet of Jewish Americans, et cetera, and so forth. But when it comes to what his government is doing, we cannot support how far they have gone in this attack on Gaza, the indiscriminate bombings. Like there is a way this is not it is complicated. I'm not saying that it isn't, but it is not impossible to communicate. It can no, be done and they're just not doing it. Yeah, it just needs to be done, you know, conscientiously. I mean, I mean right. I, there, there's people who are paid a good amount of money to write these types of statements and to help mm -hmm. help shape the conversation, but they're failing. <laughs> they're failing miserably. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. I, I I listened to that to, to the and Amanda Seals was her was is, is the, the the woman's name. You know, I I, I the I'm the wife guy. I listen to her all the time. I, I really you know, like a lot of her commentary, but yeah. I, I agree with her. I was very disappointed just listening to how unprepared for that that that's that answer that our mm -hmm. vice president was. I'm like, come on, like it's not. You have to have thought about this, right? You have to have understand. You have to understand the nuance that needs to be articulated here. And um, you know, I I, I I agree with you with you, Christian. Is that we we could be saying different things and better things about this entire situation that that. Would not that would make it clear to to everyone that we don't ac accept what's going on there, and that right. there is a a limit to how much we can tolerate, and then we need to mm -hmm. take action when necessary. And and we well, may especially when it's our tax dollars subsidizing it too. Yeah. I mean, like not to cut you off, but especially when it's our tax dollars subsidizing it. Yeah, yeah. I think Absolutely. I'd love to see two things. One, I'd love to see to your point, Christian Annalim. I would love to see a reframing. You mm -hmm. know, I would love. Uh, geez, Joe Biden to say there's a couple of things. One, you know, I've had a change of heart, mm. you know, like a very introspective and thoughtful talk about how he arrived at his support of Israel and Christian, to your mm. point, distinguish supporting the Israeli community from supporting the Netanyahu government. Mm -hmm. I think that's one right. thing. Now the right. action is going to be really difficult. And, you know, some of the young the people in that age range that we've talked to, some of them are pretty resolute. Like there isn't a thing that Joe Biden could do that would that would demonstrate. Yeah, because it could be too late. So many people have died mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. while he has had to come to this conclusion, and that is really yeah. that is that is the challenge of leadership. That's what you have to own. Like his inaction and/or his support cost the lives of. but see, I reject that notion, and, and that, that's that's the, the part that I don't like. It, his his inaction did not cost those lives. He wasn't going to stop Israel from doing what they were doing. He that what what we gave them is support financially. They want to take that and run with it, and they weren't. Nothing, there's nothing going to stop uh, stop them other than us saying stop or we'll 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 stop you because they were going to do that. Netanyahu had say, say that again. Say, say that again. Say that again. We, we stop or we'll stop you. That's the point. But that's that, that was no, that's that, that, that's the point. That that's, would, that wouldn't have been acceptable either, though. But that's the point. That's the point where but that wouldn't have been expressed publicly. That could have no. been a, that would have been a back channel to if it ever would have happened. Yeah. But that, right. that that's the point where I think you you losing young people. 
Like we came to the aid of the Ukrainians in an instant. Yeah. You know, like we, we, and it's maybe easier because Russia looks like an enemy to people. Yeah. Right. But we came to the aid militarily. Joe Biden walked on the streets of Kiev, Kiev. I I don't know how to say it. There's there's people that pronounce it differently. I don't know. I believe Kiev was the was the Soviet era yeah. transcription from the Cyrillic, and now it's Kiev. I, Kiev. I think it's Kiev. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But he walked the streets of Kiev after traveling for days to get there to make this mm. really powerful, virtuous, and moral stance. Right. And it, you're right, Aline. It's not going to stop the loss of life, but it's like I am willing to defend it. Absolutely. And uh, what 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 where he's in trouble now is that he hasn't done anything to defend the loss of life. So, Liam, you bring up a fair point. Like maybe he doesn't he doesn't save, you know, every life from being lost. But he could have been defending it. And because he hasn't defended now, the mea culpa falls falls short, because then what are you going to do? Are you going to switch sides? Are you going to start defending the Palestinians against the Israeli government? You're like, how does that work? But see, but see, that's the thing is that you don't even need to do that. It's not a, I, that's where I really got to push back. It's not about switching sides. Mm -hmm. It's about saying we still stand for democracy, peace, stability, all the same things. It's about standing on morals. Yeah. You can stand on morals without switching sides here. You can say, hey, I'm sitting on morals and you are my ally. I'm going to call you out because what you're doing is you're going too far. Yes. You're exactly. not retaliating. Yeah. You're not defending. You are on the offensive. Exactly. That exactly. That is a big difference. And you're being indiscriminate and you're offensive too. And and like, look, uh, let's. I'm going to like preempt any pushback here that we might get in comments and stuff. I'm not talking about like – the facts and figures that we we get back from the Hamas controlled Hamas. Yeah. health ministry. Yeah. I'm not I'm not talking about it. I like go to Doctors Without Borders. That is that is French founded and internationally you know governed. Go to like any of these other agencies where you're talking about international monitoring, United Nations, um, volunteer doctors and nurses who are there just trying to stop the literal bloodshed. Um, it's a bloodbath that you don't need to, to, to rely on one side versus the other's account. There are third parties, independent third parties who can tell you what is going on there. And the president does not need to go and say, I'm switching sides. Mm. You can go and say, again, like I was saying before, stand on principle, say that we stand with our democratic partners, but this has gone too far. We're calling on you know, the Netanyahu government to X, Y, and Z. So, so, so I, I agree. So, so here's the here's the problem that that we're running into, and I think this is what mm -hmm. what uh, what what sort of stifles that action is that people mm -hmm. are concerned in our government of getting say, well, well, look at what you guys did in Afghanistan, right? Look at what you guys did in Iraq, and that, right. and that's a fair criticism. But here's the thing: they don't understand that they don't have to accept all because <laughs> they, they say, hey, that wasn't us. We're we're a new there's a new sheriff in town. We do things differently. They're not mm -hmm. they're not willing to say that. And then there's a part of the electorate who says, if they were to say that, there's a part of the electorate who says, oh, well, you're apologizing for the United States. We will sure enough mm -hmm. be a part. We should be. But the, so, so the problem with that is that we're not willing enough. We're not, we, we don't readily enough apologize. We don't readily enough acknowledge when we've gone mm -hmm. in the wrong direction. And we, we, right. when we start, when we start setting that, uh, that uh, as, as our, 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 uh, how we do business, then I mm -hmm. think, it becomes again normalized, and and then people understand that hey, it's it's all right as being a a, a humble power, right? And having humility right. as as a, as a, as a world power, and and saying we have made mistakes, we made plenty of them over the last twenty five years in in fighting this war against terrorism, plenty of them. Mm -hmm. So 
we need to understand we're not going to make the same mistakes when someone else tries to do this, tries to make that fight. We're not going to facilitate them making those same mistakes that we made. And that's not right. a problem. That that shows people that, hey, we can learn and we can we can evolve as a, as a country, mm -hmm. which we do. But we don't want to say that we're doing it. That's the weird part about it. It's like we do it way too right. well. We, we really should because we went from, if we look back <laughs> over the past several several years more, we went from exactly that, Afghanistan, Iraq, just lying, invading, carpet bombing, destruction and mm -hmm. death everywhere to, mm -hmm. you know, Obama had to unfortunately inherit that and, mm -hmm. and juggle it and couldn't just shut it down instantly because it doesn't work that way. But you, you see the change in tactic going from we're going to just do all of that and, and we have no we accountability. We answer to no one. We have our own moral code separate from the rest of humanities to, all right, let's try to scale this back. Meanwhile, let's discreetly go and let's go. And, um, 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 Bin Laden, mm -hmm. right? Like, like cut it off at the head. And and have that sort of um, clandestine but surgical approach, rather than this massive loss of life, much of which is is the brunt of which is borne by civilians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, just and just on that point, you know, you were I was reading something earlier, and maybe it was even what what you sent, Christian. I don't. I read a lot today, mm -hmm. but you know, there's something to be said about the Israeli approach also to achieving their end. You know, like, you know, I think the quote was like dropping scores of 2000 pound bombs indiscriminately, mm -hmm. you know, on civilian populations under the guise that Hamas might be there is not the way that you conduct uh, mm -hmm. rooting out a terrorist organization. Right. Like, mm -hmm. it, you know, the actions are clear, you know, like it, it's, it's almost clear what they're designed to do. Um, but I, like, look, I think ultimately. Uh, the there has to be a shift, like there has to be a pivot, you know, and, and the question is, how far are you going to go to defend that position? You know, like if the American position is that, you know, we are on the side of protecting life, let's just call it mm -hmm. that, you know, like we are democratically, we believe in the power of the individual, we believe in the power of the collective. And as such, we have a democracy, you know, we have, we're a republic, you know, like it is who we are. And because we value each person, we represent that and everyone has a voice. Everyone can vote, you know, and it's taken some time to get there, Aline, to your point, you know, but this is a direction that we're moving in. And we're mm -hmm. not saying that everyone needs to do it, but we are saying that this is, this is how we stand. And this is what we stand with. And I would love to hear a clear thesis like that. And I know politics is messy. Like I, it's easy mm -hmm. for me to say right now, cause I'm not in the office of the press. I mean, I can't imagine what it must be like, the pressure, the information, the decisions that you have to make as the president or the head of state of a place. Like, mm -hmm. it's infinitely complex. But with that said, if there is an element of politics, and this is what was so potent about Barack Obama when he was running, it was like he's got this clear moral vision for the country. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't hear it. I don't hear from Joe Biden. I don't hear from Kamala Harris. I do ironically hear from Donald Trump. There's just no virtue in it. I, I think in this communication um, aspect, John, you made a, a very good point about what, what Kamala could do, could be doing for the situation as far as her communication opportunities, right? And I was thinking about when you said it, I was like, well, that's exactly what Biden did for Obama on the, the marriage question, right? The, the, mm -hmm. the, he, he came out, he did exactly that. He took the hard uh, angle, which sort of 
open this space for Obama to sort of fill it in, right? And we, we they're not thinking strategically like that. Um, well, and, think- and then and then I thought of another interesting analogy. I was like, Netanyahu is 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 to Israel what Giuliani was to New York City, right? He sort of created or a Bush situation. was to the U.S. <laughs> yeah, that too. But he created a situation. He's just an asshole. Yeah. His, his ineptitude created a situation where this type of attack could be effective. And then he fills in the, the aftermath with, you know, the words that people want to hear in doing something, in doing things that are essentially mm-hmm. not necessarily effective and certainly not humane. Uh, Giuliani did, arguably did humane things after, but he didn't really do anything effective. He just talked. So, so the, and then he left office. But the bottom line is that, the, you know, we, we, you create heroes out of villains by, you know, putting them in a situation that's worse than they are, right? And that's that's the 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 dynamic, I guess, that they share in my bars. Um, <laughs> so I, I've got maybe one final thought on all of this, and this is somewhat of a departure, but I think going back to Kamala Harris, I still think as a country we're in a position, we we are a society where Kamala is in an impossible position. You know, mm-hmm. like there, there is a perspective and I think a moral universe that she cannot communicate. Like, I don't think we get the full benefit of the Kamala Harris perspective because she's got to walk on eggshells with every word that yes. she said. Every single word. And you can tell. She can't be herself. She can't. Yeah, you can tell. Though, she can't be herself. She, you can see her walking on eggshells yeah. as she speaks. That's the. Yes. So, and it's like, right. yeah, I was watching. Uh, Dave Letterman's uh, My Next Guest and I was watching mm-hmm. the Barack Obama episode and Barack Obama had been out of office for years at this point, you know, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like he's just a private citizen and it's still mm-hmm. interesting to hear and watch him measure every single word mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. It just, it's a routine. Yeah, and I I love the Key and Peel the the Barack Obama uh, trend. <laughs> I was rewatching that last week. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 we it. It was, you know, just 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 as an observer, you know, it's kind of like I you know, and I you know, I just have a little bit of insight, but you know that Barack Obama can see these issues clearly, and the challenge, even for as intelligent as as he is, is to synthesize all of this information and communicate it in a mm-hmm. way that won't be offensive. And like, that's the challenge rather than just saying what it is. And my case study for that is when he called out the police officer that arrested Skip Gates in his house. Yep, yep, yes. yeah. Yep. Like he called that, what that Here's police officer did, dumb. Or he called him and it, it was an idiot. Yeah. Like yeah. he had a very frank, yeah. disca- a very just frank comment. And then Barack Obama had to apologize about it <laughs> and have the beer summit mm. at the White House. And then on top of yeah. all of that, people were criticizing the beer I mean, can we can we just pause for a very, very small, quick tangent here? Donald Trump had a scandal every single week now has what are we up to 96 different indictments across five different jurisdictions, plus civil liability case for rape and it will not the rape itself, but the the defamation case arising from rape. Um, the three big scandals I can think of. I'm not talking about like policy disagreements around drone strikes or other mm-hmm. foreign policy things with Barack Obama, but the three big scandals that like Fox News and the right wing got all worked up about Dijon mustard on a hot dog as opposed to ketchup or some other crap. 
Um, the tan suit, tan which suit. I could pull off that tan suit, I would sleep in I that thing. I still have a tan jacket. <laughs> and then that. And then the, the whole thing that they had to like concoct the entire thing around him saying that the officer in Cambridge was dumb and messed up. And then he had to like have the right beer had to be bud heavy, but he got it in a glass bottle instead of a, a like it was, it was so dumb. So yeah. I, I also, I want to maybe just a tangent. You missed one. There was also him and Michelle going on a date to New York city. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember I was, uh, I was on vacation shortly after this had happened. And Charles mm -hmm. Ogletree, uh, who is obviously famous. He was a famous Harvard law professor you know, yeah. friends of the Obamas, Skip's attorney, uh, and right. he had a book and he was talking about, and I hadn't really heard the details of the case, um, but he mm -hmm. talked kind of in great detail about the facts. And when you hear the facts of the case, it is easy to arrive at the conclusion, yes, that the police officer was an idiot in the way that he could. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's yeah. not even dispute. I mean, like, it it is it is not even just idiotic. It is negligent. It's unconstitutional. They are certainly, I mean, mm -hmm. calling him an idiot was maybe the nicest thing that you could say under the circumstances. And, and he didn't say that yeah. either. He, he just, he said, it, I think it was a dumb something. I, it, it wasn't, I think, it was, I really do think, yeah, I really do think he just said dumb. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'd have to go back and check, but I think, it, I, you know, he could have said that fucking dumbass. He didn't. He said the guy was just dumb. He might even just said it was a dumb decision. He might have even called the guy right. a name. Right. And, you know, and again, right. I'm not a, I'm not about the what about isms because I also am working really hard this year to think about what am I going to do? Like, I know what other people are mm -hmm. going to do. I know what other people are capable of, you know, but it's right. so important to think about what I want to do. Like, that is what is in my sphere right. of influence. And, you know, in this case, as I think as a, as a leader in my own like work life, you know, like just this delicate balance that in just my small little, you know, mm -hmm work life community like still how important it is to be so thoughtful and mindful of every words and how that can curtail the authentic what's authentic about your perspective and what's authentic about mm -hmm. your 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 moral wor worldview or how you think about the american at least constituted moral worldview and you know i just you know going back like mm. i'd love to hear a politician you know in maybe it's and like look kamala has it you know as a woman and as a woman of color like I, I can't, I can only kind of think and reason by analogy. And every time I think about it, I think about my aunt Susan and I think about her friends. There's this generation of attorneys that are in their seventies now, mid seventies now who came of age, you know, in the sixties. Uh, and they had the combination of um, the civil rights movement and um, wanting to have space of their own, like, some of these original gangbangers, so to speak, in terms of black women professionals, you know, like if you want to hear some stories, is that an appropriate use of that? That I'm, that I'm term? rock with that. I just <laughs> talk about being authentic, man. That's how I talk around the way. Okay. All right. Um, but right. you know, some of the original okay. OGs, whatever you want to put, you know, where it's like you got to think about it. And whenever I think about Hillary Clinton, you can say what you want about her, you know. But you talk to anyone that knows her personally, and then you watch her in an interview, and it's like you can almost mm -hmm. just see the veneer go up. Like she's yeah. so practical oh, yeah. at having to conduct totally. herself this way. One, because she knows that she grew up in a man's world as it pertains to the law. Mm -hmm. And yep. two, she's got to be strong because people are looking for reasons to not have her in that space. Yep. yep. Right? right. Like 
And if you right. don't believe me, how long did she? How long was she uh, deposed during the two thousand? Eleven hours. Great. Eleven hours with I think I think with one bathroom break. Yep. Eleven yeah, hours. So it's yeah. like you know every every opportunity that you could. So you know like nobody, I, nobody cares about these facts that you guys are saying because if no, they, they, they don't, don't like you. No, if they don't think you're you know they're they they, they don't right. they don't see you as the kind of person that they want in a particular role. They they can they might as well torture you. They wouldn't really care about you're, you're the wrong team. You're the wrong team. You. So it's it's amazing. Yeah. And by the way, he said uh, the police acted stupidly. That's all he said. <laughs> it was, and that's why I was like, he didn't actually can call I, anybody names. He just said the police. Can acted I tell you? Uh, let me let me give you a a quick personal anecdote about the police in that jurisdiction. <laughs> I don't mean in that state. I mean in that city, hmm. not the metro. That portion, Cambridge. When I was still in school, I was visiting someone, um, a classmate, or another classmate. There were three of us, um, and we went out for a night. And the 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 classmate who we were visiting, uh, who lived there, we were coming back from a night out. When saw some other friends, went to some, went to some bars, and he, I did not see him doing it, but he had had way too much to drink. I'm actually getting like very jittery just recalling this instinct. It got really scary really fast. Um, he wasn't white. He was not American born. Um, and he was visibly intoxicated. Like I have no excuse. We, we, the two rest of us who were visiting, we had to help him indoors and, you know, get him to bed and all that stuff. But, you know, these things happen. Um, and there were three Cambridge police officers just hanging out. And when I say they came over to us trying to pick a fight, I mean like <laughs> six foot tall Irish dude, heavy heavy Boston accent in my face. What the fuck is he doing out here looking like this? You better like <laughs> getting in my face. And then like you want to like I'm not talking like he was talking down to me like a really condescending police officer. <laughs> I mean like he was trying to see if I was going to fight back <laughs> so he could get into a fight and take us all in. I mean like it was – and you know, I never did anything with it. We got him to bed. I was scared shitless. I was probably twenty. I was right before law school. I would have been in my early twenties. I was terrified. Um, but yeah, so the idea that 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 um, this police department could be that bigoted, that stupid, that incompetent—like, yeah, it was. It was literally probably only a few. Yeah, it was a few years prior to that happening to Skip Gates, and maybe a mile or two away from his house that mm. that had happened. So yeah, mm. I, the president was right. And that's, yeah. I mean, well, that's I the mean, facts. And it would not have been the first time no. that you had a situation like that. No, no. I mean, it, it happens all the time all in this country, all the time. But I'm saying like, like I, this was literally a couple years apart yeah. down the street. Yeah. And yeah, I, it, it's that police department. Um, just because Harvard University happens to be in a different part of that same town does not mean that it's it's all just, you know, enlightened. No. Well, I mean, that's that's the case with so many of the Ivies. You know, like Cambridge, right. New Haven, West oh, Philly. Yeah. Uh, like it, <laughs> yeah. It's it's not all it's not all sweet at the Ivies. Yeah. All right, so Aleem, uh this is this one is for you. Uh thought uh, thoughts, uh, excuse me, reaction, thought, or opinion. How should the media cover the presidential primaries and the election cycles? 
Oh, well, if I had my way, um, I think, I, you know, this, this might sound a little funny, but I, but I think, you know, we, we have to treat foolishness as foolishness. We can't, we, I feel like they should cover things and be very frank about what people say and, and actually juxtapose fact up to next to lies and, and, and contradictions mm -hmm. up to the, you know, the, the counterpoints. So, so basically in all, in all seriousness, they should treat Trump like the clown he is. Right. And, and not, not, not acknowledge him in, in any serious way because he doesn't really say anything serious. He never says anything. And I'm, 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 I'm speaking frankly, he doesn't really ever say anything seriously meaningful ever. Like I won't even address how untrue it is. So, so I think, you know, tell them why you mad, right. son. I mean, I'm just saying it's like if you're never <laughs> telling the truth, if you're never telling the truth and you're never saying anything serious, why are we covering you? Like that's it that's normalizing the, the, the foolishness. So I feel like they don't they should absolutely nobody should be covering Trump. Now again, I, that's obviously ridiculous. People are gonna have to cover him. But if you do cover him, you gotta point out that this doesn't make sense. Even the Republicans, like like even when the Republicans are saying what they say, things I don't agree with, if they're telling the truth and they're presenting their opinion based on their ideology, that's fine. Present that. But don't pretend as though Trump's doing the same thing because he's not. Like He's yeah. saying a whole bunch of stuff. He's going to insult you. He's going to say this, that. But, you know, so treat it fairly. That's fair to me. Not giving Trump equal mm -hmm. time, not covering what he says. That's not fair because he's saying, just saying whatever. You know, do, cover it fairly. That's all. I, that, that's that's fine. So if I take, basically saying, he's going to say dumb things, take the mic away from him, like they started to do with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, treat him as treat him as dumb. Say, all right, yeah, give us that back. You know, no, that's ridiculous. Basically, yeah, and say, you're ridiculous, sir. Let's move on. That's what I'd say. So in in an ideal world, this would be like the Apollo Theater, and the Sandman would just come out. <laughs> give the Sandman a tap dance out there, get his hook. Like we, we gotta start treating clowns like clowns. Really, like he is a clown. No, it never has been anything other than that. In my 44, 43 years of life, he's been notably a clown. Tell me, my son. <laughs> All right, Christian. Christian, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna ask this a little bit differently. You need to choose. Yeah. You can either react, mm -hmm. you can have a mm -hmm. thought, or you can have an opinion. Oh no! I want to react exactly to what Aline was just saying because I I do agree in part, but I I, I want to, I want to react. So it, to the credit of a lot of reporters, or I shouldn't say reporters, a lot of anchors, um, they sort of already have done that. There have been many who who implemented a policy. I think, for example, of Nicole Wallace, who's now at MSNBC. She used to be George W. Bush's comms person. Um, she she really what she has set up as a policy, and a lot of others have followed. That is, if he does something. We will like from the desk, her or her replacement for the night, whatever, will report on what he had said just for the purpose of conveying the fact, provide analysis and move on. They will not replay the clip of him saying it. They will not give him the airtime. I think that needs to be continued and sort of expanded, too, because the fact of the matter is in 2016, the media helped elect Donald Trump and they did so. Ooh. Perhaps not intentionally, but because they knew he was good for ratings, especially one particular cable network based <laughs> out of Atlanta. Um, and they, their executive came out and said it. I mean, this is, this is all a matter of public record now. But the fact is, in terms of the hours of free media that they gave him, it was the equivalent of him getting all this extra ad time for which his campaign never had to pay. It was almost an 
in-kind contribution to his election. They they made this whole thing happen between 2015 and 2016. Now, you can say they needed to cover him because of, yeah, okay, fine. They could have been doing what's going on right now all the way back then, but it wouldn't have been as good for ratings. And you know what? It might have not gotten him the traction he needed to then get elected. And and I'll take it even one step further. Not only do they need to continue that, but they need to, in every case possible, in every time possible, just drive home to people in the swing states, swing voters, uh, the, the suburban women they're always talking about during the analysis portion of all these shows right now, <laughs> really drive home the the binary choice that there is to be made right now it's not like well they're both two old guys like stop that there's too much of that enough of it enough of it like that it does not just come down to age there are much bigger matters at stake and much bigger differences that count much more they need to be making it clear this is a choice between democracy and authoritarianism the Biden campaign is already making that case. They need to double down it. The media needs to, to make that a very clear choice. And because people's memories are so short, we're all busy. We all work. Most of us have kids and jobs and all of that shit. Uh, I go back to what I was saying before about calling Donald Trump on the reality of the thing and not letting them get away with people's collective amnesia and using that old Reagan line mm -hmm. of, are you better off today than you were four years ago? No, they should be showing while they're talking about Trump's campaign and what he's hoping for, the B-roll of that, while one person panelist is here in, in one frame, that the, the B-roll taking up the rest of the screen during the broadcast needs to be of the empty shelves, of the body bags mm -hmm. in New York City, of the people fighting each other for toilet paper. This wasn't 25 years ago. This wasn't 100 years ago. This was the last administration. He wants to bring that back. People love to forget what happened. Mm -hmm. It was truly awful. And that was only a preview of what will happen if he's allowed back in office. I'd also, to add to that, I'd love to have a video of him shooting jump shots of toilet paper to people. In at Puerto Ricans? Yeah. yeah. Bad jump yeah. shots at that. But I will yeah. I digress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... My, yeah, you're up, Johnny B. What did you say? You're up. I think you guys said it. I mean, <laughs> my my only uh, my reaction to your reaction, Christian, uh, to Aleem is just don't just don't give it don't give it any air, don't give it any oxygen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's just that simple. And like he's not he is not looking to your point, Aleem. He's not looking to say anything meaningful. He's just looking to have people listen to him talk. Mm -hmm. And whatever it is yeah. that he says uh, is fine because he wants to control the universe. Yeah. Maybe uh -huh. literally and figuratively. He wants to control the universe. Yeah. All right. Another, uh, I, this wasn't on the list, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness <laughs> later, guys. I'll, 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 all right. All right. Hey, it's, it's, we're on your time here. It's Please your schedule right now that we're up against, you know. So reaction, reaction, thought, or opinion. Donald Trump is in mental decline. I mean, well, or I mean, more pass. I'll take it. I'm, <laughs> he's definitely well. Are we got to do this right. You have to choose reaction, thought, or opinion. You got to choose one. Thought. What's the distinction between a thought and That's opinion? That's a great though. question. So, a reaction. Yeah. I hear it, and you just you immediately the first thing that comes to your mind, you just start spinning it out unfiltered. Okay. All right. The thought. Okay. The thought is that you've been pondering this for some time. And you, at a minimum, mm -hmm. have some questions, if not a train of thought that you're going down. In an opinion, okay. you have done all the above and arrived at a conclusion. Opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know I like, hate opinions, though, John. <laughs> so uh, 
so uh, my opinion is that he's absolutely in, in mental decline, but I think it's no no more dramatic than any person of his age would typically be who eats and drinks um, and the, the way he does. I mean, who's his health is not great. Yeah. <laughs> yes, who, 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 who's on the McDonald's plan of wellness. So, <laughs> so, so the, the bottom line is that, yes, he's in mental decline. But I think the reality is, is that it's, it's, it's not as easily perceptible because he's always been on the same seventh grade level of, of mental capacity. So, I mean, it's, it's not, it hasn't changed, right? It's significantly. <laughs> so he's never done anything at a high level of intellect. So how do you even, you know, you know, but yes, I, I believe you'll, you'll see a little bit in his speech patterns and his, in his loss of place. And, and, and you, he's always going to speak confidently, even when he's saying things that make no sense. Mm -hmm. So when he speaks now, now when he's speaking confidently, it'll be more perceptibly, um, uh, he'll he'll lose he'll lose track of his facts of it, what he perceives as fact. He'll lose track of his point, mm -hmm. right? So you you can see that. But again, I'm you know I don't doubt that because you know human beings they decline at, with age. But the reality is, is that his level was already low. So you know. So mm -hmm. so Christian, as we turn to you, and to give some more context for this question, uh, Nikki Haley was interviewed, and I I have a thought a thought. A reaction thought an opinion about Nikki Haley following up on last week. Um, mm -hmm. But in, in most recently, Donald Trump has said that Joe Biden got us in the world is going to get us in a world war two. Uh, and not that, three, two part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, exactly. World yeah. War two. And yeah. that Nikki Haley was the person responsible for not keeping the Capitol safe on January 6th. <laughs> Kristen thought uh, reaction, thought or opinion is Donald Trump in mental decline. Aleem says no. He's so he's been this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so so by, by following the the John Borden definition of these different terms, I'm going to go with opinion, um, which is to say I've considered this for several years. Um, listened to his niece's podcast, read her work. She's also um, a psychotherapist by training, a PhD. I've I've um, not completed, but dug through a little bit of the book called The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump that I don't know how many dozen different mental health experts contributed to. And uh, the the opinion sort of across the board is that there there was this rule in place, the Goldwater rule, that that mental health professionals would no longer publicly opine on public leaders, public officials, because of what happened with Barry Goldwater, where there were articles that came out and he he sued because Basically, all the things that were written about him wasn't that he was literally insane or literally in decline. It was that he was just extremely right wing and they thought he was he was nutty, which he was. Um, <laughs> and and so in in this compilation, this this anthology, if you will, of different mental health experts, they say that that rule really is outdated because with our media saturation being what it is right now, where you can somebody's a public a figure like Donald Trump over the course of, you know, 50 or 40 something years, you have so much footage of him and his behavior that you can track across decades. That's even more insight than a therapist would garner from being in the same room with someone one hour a week for years on end. And they said that, you know, because of that, it really is an outdated rule and they should be able to look at his behavior and tell the public, warn the public about the dangers and the threats that he poses. And so they talk about the fact that, you know, he is a narcissist, a malignant narcissist. And, you know, we talked earlier about sort of his, his issues going back to childhood. Like 
to Aleem's earlier point, not to react here, but yes, he was already at that sort of baseline level, right? He was not a highly functioning person. Uh, he he was propped up by his father's money that he burned through uh, multiple bankruptcies. And then it was Mark Burnett at NBC who created the myth of a successful Donald Trump on NBC with The Apprentice. And he rode that wave to the White House. So he was already not doing great cognitively. Now at this point, I mean, you, you can see it in his campaign speeches. He can't maintain a single linear train of thought for even a second. I mean, he's, he's making sound effects. He's he's saying crazy things. He, he knows instinctively how to work a crowd. He knows that if there's certain greatest hits, he can say a certain buzzword or whatever, and that will get them riled up. But he can't complete one sentence. Yeah. Um, and And so, I mean, this is all being tracked recorded this is all a matter of public record i think the fact that we have to even have this conversation is really um pathetic and i think it's a sign of just how much uh misinformation disinformation and whataboutism has infected our body politic that you people will still make the case to this day they're both old biden forgets a word so does trump like no this is we're not talking about the same thing here trump has been at rock bottom cognitively because of his own mental health issues for a long time but now with age and and the horrible health he's in yeah well there's no doubt well articulated trump is like the sixth or seventh year seven year old who's at the school play up there on stage doing the dance right the one that's getting attention that's all he does like <laughs> he's drawing attention he's not doing anything yes. to contribute yeah. Exactly. You, did you did you just yeah. say that he's shucking and jiving? That's all he does. That's all he does. He's really capable of just shucking and jiving. He can, like you're, like you're, Chris, Chris's point, he can entertain the crowd. That he he can do that, but it doesn't take a whole lot cognitively right. to do that. It takes that instinct. No, it doesn't. I'm a ham, right? I you know so I, well, hey, look at me, yeah, guys. class clown. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, class clown. He doesn't take any real intelligence to do that. Yeah. All right. So if I could have my own moment of narcissism. <laughs> Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, we talked about her last week, and I went yeah. on my pedestal and talked about how she should just be more forthright with, you know, her identity as, you know, first-generation, you know, Punjabi mm-hmm. uh, woman. And mm-hmm. uh, in this past week, uh, since we recorded our last pod, maybe it was that week, was it two weeks ago? Um, yeah. The attacks on her, we've gotten to the, she's not eligible for presidency like it's just there like birtherism dipping the toe in in yep. the waters of birtherism with nikki haley uh reaction thought or opinion pick one Aline. are you surprised and how should she respond no i um, i guess um opinion or excuse me what is it with the thought what's the first one reaction reaction no i'm not surprised because that is the, the 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 Trump's Republican Party's process take the low road, you know, aim low basically, and don't back up anything with any kind of facts or reality. Just do it. Just so they so of course they're going to attack her and, and say she's not she you know th- that she's other and that she's not eligible to be president. All those things that have no basis in real real reality. And what was the what was the second part of the question? Uh. Are you surprised? She and how should respond, you react? Right? And how should you react? Right. Well, she should react in the way that you, that you suggested, um, which is doubling down on. Well, I, I can't say doubling down because she never singled down on it. But she should actually, <laughs> she should actually dig That's in right. on the train. Yeah. And she should she should show some right. pride in in her heritage, in in, in all of who she mm-hmm. is, American and her ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So, but right. of course, she's not going to do that. So, you know, no threat of that. 
know. Wait, she she was the yeah. governor of South Carolina. You know, like she has a cachet of credibility. You know, like is there not room for her to to leverage both at the same time? She even has. Of course, mm-hmm. in fact, if she did, she'd probably win some Democrats. Okay, but she, or she, not Democrats, but at least independents and swing voters. Well, yeah, now, she'd probably win some of the because the, because the people who are breaking off from from Biden just are breaking off from Biden just because they don't like Biden. They said in their mind they don't like Biden, so they're willing to take anything that shows an alternative that's not Trump. Right. So I, I think I you know again I don't know that I'm just throwing out there it's a possibility she could siphon yeah. off some of those, but I don't know. Uh, but the bottom line is that if she did that, it would make her more popular to non-Trumpers, Trump, Trumpians, right? But she wants to be popular with Trumpians because she's she's aiming for a vice president. Mm-hmm. That's all. I, that's what I right. think. Let me ask you a bonus question: Should she, a la the 1860 election, break off from the Republican Party but still run as a Republican and just caucus differently and and run in the general election? Should she do it? Her lack of courage says she will never do that. Right. But she should. I think she should. If I was advising her, which I'm not, obviously. Yeah. All right, Chris. I was going to say, I mean, I, I love I love this conversation or, or this this segment. But in terms of Nikki Haley, I think that this is this is probably the most academic conversation we've ever had <laughs> because she truly will not take anyone's advice, even her own people's. And, you know, this is the, this is the same person who who. Um, equivocated on the civil war question in a new england state <laughs> um you know in case you go to new england you visit any small village town whatever while you're leaf peeping there's an obelisk memorial in almost every town common leaf peeping what did you just say leaf peeping <laughs> yeah it's what new yorkers and philadelphians and bostonians they get in the car go out into rural new england and look at maple trees and shit in the fall time you've never heard that before no. i've never heard that either Joe. No. yeah it's it's a thing. Go. There's an old Family Guy episode about it from like 20 years ago. It's leaf hilarious. Peeping. But yes, it's called leaf peeping. On, yes, it's when you get it's when you get stuck in traffic in the middle of like nowhere Vermont because people are stopping in the road and taking pictures. I've yes, it's a before, thing. but I didn't know that. <laughs> it's it's a thing. But but anyway, the the point is, you're in a state where literally like farm boys are taken away from their homes to go and fight against the confederacy there's a memorial to them in every single town and village that they're going to be going and talking to people in in vfw halls and town halls and and all of that so that was just incredibly ignorant um and she doesn't know who who her audience is i mean like she yes she may be aiming for veep right now but i don't see that happening donald's not going to give that to her that that that's i don't know literally what she's doing anymore i i want to be fair that that I think that, yes, as a woman, especially in this race, on the Republican side, talk about eggshells. She There's there's nothing she can do right in their mind, which is why it's it's kind of a curiosity, not only why she's doing what she's doing, but how she's going about doing it. And, and you know, talk about courage or lack thereof. I mean, yes, in in a normal campaign, if someone did that, if someone were to say, you're not really American, you're not what it because of your name, because of your skin color, because of your family, you would go right back at them and get an applause on from your supporters and get news coverage for it. She didn't do that. She went on on Fox News and said America has never been racist. Yes. As someone who is an Indian American who has in the past said that that counts as being white and who has anglicized her name to be able to be a conformist within 
the Republican Party. I mean, this is the same party who, when when uh, Trump last go around, attacked Ted Cruz and his family and accused uh, his father of assassinating JFK and called his wife ugly or whatever he had said. Uh, you know, he he had one day where he was like, you know, leave Heidi alone. Yet, it, and then now this same guy is one of the first uh, big Republican names to endorse Trump for the general election. This is before Iowa had even finished caucusing. Mm. So, I mean, again, this is an interesting conversation, but this like this is an entirely this is like a, yeah. a cocktail conversation. This is like an, a cigar lounge conversation. Like this is Nikki Haley is not even listening to her own people. I don't think this is this is wonderfully academic and fun intellectually, but it's not really <laughs> it's not, it has no bearing. <laughs> your your you had it sounds to me like you had an opinion. <laughs> you are not supposed <laughs> And, no. and two, her reaction won't happen. Like she's going to have no reaction other no than muddle around. No, Here, I, here's I got a bonus question no. for you, Christian. Bonus question for you. Okay. 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 Someone comes at your significant other and calls them ugly yeah. in the course of uh, an election. Yeah. Do you one react to them publicly, or two, do you find them where they be at? and handle it face to face or both or neither so so how how irish might no, i'm just kidding um no i keep it real no i no look i would keep it real no i know i would i would totally go public are you kidding yeah. me oh yeah, yeah. yeah. you yeah. don't want to do that no no because oh no no no, no. i know i'm gonna make them pay for that pulp exactly yeah you, you want to have people you have respect for is who you handle in the in the back channel right yeah, e yeah. exactly <laughs> when you when, when oh, someone okay. when Maybe someone close to you slips up understood what i said i said you go find them where they be at what i'm saying is that we're going to, <laughs> we're going to handle this we're not going to handle this with words well so so here's the thing about that. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. The the reacting out of anger and with the implication of violence will feel wonderful for about 20 to 30 seconds. Exactly. And then you have a civil case, a criminal case, a political problem. Whereas if you handle like this is what the court of public opinion is made for. Like they call your significant other ugly. Now you have an entire array of options on how to make them pay for it publicly. I can think of uh, several different tracts you could go. To. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Words are powerful. Yeah. More powerful than fists. Believe me. So, <laughs> and, and, well, when you're talking about when you're talking about mass media, yes. Absolutely. Do I need yeah. to start quoting uh, or start uh, recanting uh, or recalling Aaron Burr and the way that uh, he dealt with <laughs> his issues? Um. Um, I, I go back to, you know, uh, w how productive was that? <laughs> yeah, it didn't serve Aaron Burr very well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm joking, but I definitely think that violence is not is not the way that you uh, ought to serve it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I think, look, I, I think that it, it makes for um, a, a great, if unexpected, um, saga of movies for keanu reeves in recent years <laughs> um but in the real world and especially in american politics no 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 no. you're gonna want to use your words and make them pay for it on every tv channel on every podcast on every radio station okay we're yeah. out of questions oh <laughs> great job really Ron, great job
There you go. Please. I was going to say, this is, no, we, we are making this a, a recurring thing. Absolutely. So whatever the topic is, yes, the, this, this segment idea, John, all, all credit to you. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling it. This is, this is a good addition. So that means I got to come up with a segment addition. idea now too. I mean, come on now. Don't put this pressure on me. No, I, I I'm not, there's no pressure, man. I'm going to have a, a singing <laughs> segment and just everybody grab a microphone and sing their favorite song. No, that'd be terrible. James back no. questions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I shipped, right? <laughs> oh man oh was my goodness with, uh, who was that uh, I don't know somebody oh, oh, Sylvester Stallone is an arm wrestling movie where, where he really was getting into it when he was about to, about to win he turned his hat around and then he'd sit down there and, and he'd win the arm wrestling match I forget what movie it was called over, the, with it over I, the top I've watched one Sylvester Stallone movie that I can think of <laughs> No, you haven't. You've got to have seen. You haven't ever seen and all of Rocky. That'd be Rocky. Nope. You're lying, John. I'm from Philadelphia, right? Yes. And yeah. like in context, I know that Rocky has been glorified, right? And I'm not taking anything <laughs> yeah. away from it. You know, it's a good movie. I've probably seen it, but one, it was in the '80s, and like my parents won't let me watch those kind of movies. Okay. Okay. Two, <laughs> two like. The areas in which it took place were like light years away from where I grew up. Oh, you were in North. That was in South, right? Yeah, it was like way in South Philly. Right? <laughs> and then, like, you get older, like, it's not like people come to Philadelphia and, like, oh, Rocky. I set you on the steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Like, if you've ever stepped foot in the museum, the Philadelphia Museum of Art, you would leave asking yourself how this how this bronze bust of a fictional character is out fictional you cut that too Aleem, right i, I did I, look I, I would like this fictitious fictitious this character is outside of this museum with some of the greatest works ever created and you got this dude from a movie because he ran up some stairs, it's like, no. Oh, John, you're minim- you're minimizing the impact that that had on on the Philadelphia community. <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, you're also also crazy about Ben Franklin, and he's not from there either. <laughs> Neither was William Penn. So, did you see any of his movies, John? Did you see any of Ben Franklin's <laughs> movies? You know, I, I have to look it up, but there's actually down the street from my parents' house. I can't think of what he did. There's some interesting history in terms of like the cemetery and plot down the street from my parents' house. The Philadelphia history, my point is Philadelphia history is actually very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. With that said, I think I've been to the Liberty Bell twice in 41 years. So <laughs> well, like, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised you'd be more than once, right? It didn't change. Right? I mean, you you have to walk by it. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Like if you have been <laughs> any, you know, any time hanging out, like at some point you walk past the Liberty Bell. Hey guys, like, it's, it's not a new crack in it. Let's go check it out. It's a new crack. It, it's, it's, it's still not as bad as the poor school kids who get dragged to see Plymouth Rock. I mean, it's like literally, it's like literally like a, like a yay big. Really? Rock it's just... not big? I thought it would be like really huge, right? But I don't know. It's, it's, it's literally like you're staring at a freaking rock. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like it's. But you know who it landed on, and that's all that matters. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> landed on. Yes. John, you, you know what? You know the point, right? <laughs> By the way, I watched Stump again last night. 
I'm excuse me, not stealth, excuse me, flight again last night. Mm-hmm. We, of course, we had this conversation about Denzel Washington movies the other day, and I was yeah. telling John, you know, my my massive appreciation for the movie Flight, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, mm-hmm. starring Denzel Washington. And I, you got to watch the movie again, John. It's just incredible. I mean, that is the most complex character he's ever played. All right, so here I, I got to go. But here's, here's a question for our, our listeners. You are. You are very late. <laughs> I'm just seeing what time it is now. Now, five, we need we need you all to rate your five best Denzel Washington movies. And if you're wondering why, just you're getting ready for Black History Month. Just think about it that way. <laughs> yeah, if you need a reason. Okay. Do this for the black folk. Okay. Do this for the black folk. Best Denzel, five best Denzel characters. That's what it was. Five best Denzel characters. Yep. Shout out, yeah. shout out to my guy, Skip, for coming up with this prompt. Five best, five best uh, Denzel characters. Yeah, there's a lot of opinions, a lot of different reasons, but I still Whit Whitaker, uh, Flight, best, 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 best role, awesome. I'd have to rewatch it because I, I, what I remember actually was being upset at how much and it's not the director's fault or his fault, Denzel's fault, but how much when it was still a new release, how much the marketers misled you about what the movie was actually about okay okay and so i went to that movie thinking it was something totally different (laughs) that was like that's not what i came to see you know so no but right the way just just for our viewers just really quick john before you go the way they cover addiction right and if you know if you've had issues with addiction or if you've known people who've had issues with addiction you have family the complexities in, in trying to overcome it how it can affect other people how it affects yourself you know, all the ups and downs through it, how it works chemically. All of that is covered in in this this chronicling of this character through this incident, right? Mm. And and the way he embodies that person, it's like, okay, Denzel definitely has smoked crack before. Or Denzel has definitely snorted cocaine before. That's what they, you'd come away with that because he played it so well. Why why what mm. smoke crack though? Well, well I think there was a <laughs> That 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 might have been a vice of the character as well, but you know, character character okay. was on all kinds of stuff. I mean, he was an alcoholic. Okay, he he did right. cocaine. Of course, you know, there was marijuana and all that involved as well. But there was all kinds of of chemical mm-hmm. um, uh, right. things that he dependencies he had um, for various reasons, right? And you know, the relationships he had, how they were all affected by. It. And in in fairness, everybody did a good job, in my opinion, in, in the film. But Denzel mm-hmm. being the main character and how he carried it was awesome. It was awesome. And see that, but see what I what's what is stuck in my mind from is not even from the movie. It's from the ad campaign that got me to go see the movie because the ad campaign was all about it being like a conspiracy cover up kind of movie about how he had been wronged. Uh, it wasn't that it, he was he was so intoxicated that in his mind it was that maybe other people were, but like that was the whole thing that I went and saw that movie. And not that it was a bad movie. It's just that I remember walking out feeling like. That wasn't what I paid to see. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? No, like that was just no, my enduring. But I have to go back and watch it now. Yeah. No, yeah. So yeah. he saves. He, you know, the plane had a malfunction, but he, despite right. being drunk at the time, yes. Okay, I remember. Despite he being drunk, he still he got to the plane. Our, right, right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm... No, 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 no. That's not. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> that's that's like the first two seconds. Exactly. That's that's how the movie kicks off. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, and, yeah. It, okay. and it spiritually affected him because he was like how am i doing this right all these people's lives you know, right not everybody but almost all and it, it was yeah it's just it's just a great movie great film it, original film right it's not a story that's been told right it's not somebody he didn't regurgitate mm. you got or, to, or, you know right. next pod we will answer it we'll answer for ourselves in the next pod 
Okay. All right. Let's make note of that. What, the top five? Top five. Top five. Yeah, I, I have to All write right. mine down. <laughs> All right, guys. Good to see you again. Thank you, everybody, for listening, watching. Make sure you, you know, subscribe, like, share, comment. Please share. Do a lot of sharing. Thank you. Guys, any final thoughts? Oh, yes. And, and, and in the comment section, top five Denzel characters, movies, roles. There you go. All right. Peace. All right, everybody. <laughs>